Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've got to get to Jimmy Smith across the ditch in Aussie. He is a host of the afternoon show on SEN in Sydney. He, of course, is a former South Sydney Rabbitoh and calls a lot of the games for SEN. Uh, I think we've got him on the line now. G'day, Jimmy. Welcome in. Hello, gentlemen. How How is the level of confidence over there in New Zealand, right? <laughs> well, Jimmy, it's funny you ask that question because Sammy Hewitt's come out a month out and I said to him, mate, it's like your, like your wife says, you're just coming out a little bit too early and called that the Warriors can't make it. So, Well, okay. I'll put, I'm going to put it like this to you, Jimmy. Take, take away the, the, the Warriors angle for a second, second here. If you, if you had a gun to your head and you had one choice for who was going to win the premiership. Is there seriously any other option other than Penrith right now? Uh, I actually said it uh, earlier this week, boys, too. I, I think it's roll up, roll up. Who wants to be the runners-up in the 2023 NRL season? Because, um, you know, th- there are scenarios where the Broncos could win. There's certainly a scenario where the Storm could win it. You could even entertain a scenario where the Warriors could win it. But the vast majority... Of the scenarios that I've thought about, it's Penrith Panthers winning the comp again in 2023. They are they are looking very very good a month out, Jimmy. But as you know, and you've played in that competition like myself, a key, a key injury in the Penrith Panthers, and I'm talking about it in the number seven jersey, and I think it throws those gates wide open. That's why I said to Sammy, I think he's called it a month too early. We've, we've got that run home, Jimmy. The eights making it making a run for it. The teams that are in the eight and just outside at nine and ten as well. What what? What have you got coming in late? Because I think the top four's pretty well set, but what have you got coming in late? Yeah, I agree with you, Kempi. Um, I'm not sure I agree with you with one injury, the Panthers, but anyway, we can get back to that. But yeah, I reckon probably in this order, Penrith, Brisbane, Warriors, Melbourne. Now, I think the Warriors play last week in southeast Queensland. So if they've got a semi final in at Suncorp Stadium, second v third. They might even stay there the week, which is interesting one with their preparations. Mm. But as far as the bottom of the top eight, I reckon your South Sydney, North Queensland, Cronulla on the back of that surprise victory against the Rabbitohs, and then the Newcastle Knights who are finishing incredibly well. Oh, well, maybe I phrase it this way. Caelan Ponga is finishing incredibly well and he's dragging the Newcastle Knights with him. The interesting one about the Sharks, Jimmy, um, you know, it's funny how one game just completely changes people's perceptions because we had that with the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. There were people out there saying that they were going to go undefeated heading into the finals, thinking they could win all of the last 10 games. Then they dropped two in a row. The Sharks, similarly, everyone's saying they're on the, they're on the slide way they go outside of the eight. One good game against the Rabbitohs, and all of a sudden people have them back in the picture. Is that... Is that sort of how it just feels at the moment, where week by week, depending on what happens, the team's fortunes completely change? Yeah, well, we've, we've all done our projections, haven't we, Sammy? And then every week you go, oh, right, well, I got that one wrong, and that side overperformed or underperformed. And you know, when you talk about underperformance, we're still waiting for South Sydney to get going. And then overperformed has been Cronulla and Newcastle. Um, and then the other part about it is, too, like you've got those sides that are there, like Canberra, Canberra won, but convinced no one. Mm. Parramatta won, convinced no one. The Roosters won, 
convince no one. Uh, so, so that's the state of the competition. It's really interesting. And there are some massive games coming up for the final four weeks that are just going to be so influential about ladder position. But, you know, I think each side has the opportunity to take control of their destiny uh, in that, that those six teams that are fighting out for the bottom of the top eight. But um, we're yet to see them really take control. I think I think you're right around the Knights. I think Caelan Pong is playing really, really well, and they've got a decent run home. That one point that they have in their advantage at the moment, if they can get that game away, St George in the last game, and and finish with that point one point advantage, I think they finish as high as fifth for me, Jimmy. Um, are you are you talking when you're talking? Well, let's go back to that question about Nathan Cleary. Are you talking that even if they do lose Nathan Cleary, that this Penrith side is is that far ahead of everyone else in the competition? Well, I, I think you changed the conversation on it, Kempi, don't you? But like, even when Jack Cogger went in there, and if you had all the other parts to it, and there's so many parts to it, you know, with, with Isaiah Yo and Jerome Luai and, and Dylan Edwards in particular, but even with Jack Cogger going in, who was a very serviceable first grader, obviously he's not Nathan Cleary. And Nathan's last couple of games have just been extraordinary. But they, they come back to the field, but I don't think you discount them. I, I still think... Them playing their best footy, even with Jack Cogger in there, I could still see them winning on grand final day. Yeah, OK. Well, this, we'll, we'll tend to differ with that because I think there's a couple of teams that probably could step above them, especially with this competition in the 17th team le- lengthening out the uh, the form. Let's just talk a little bit about the Warriors, mate. That game against uh, Canberra last week, they got against they got a game Titans. against the West Tigers. Um, sorry, against the Titans last week. They got the game against the Tigers this week. People are talking about the Warriors not playing their best football over the last month, yet they're still getting a win. They've got a favourable run home. Do you think the favourable run home, Jimmy, is too soft going into the finals for them? No, I, I, I don't think so, Kempi. I, I reckon there's so much work that Coach Webster would be doing with them. Um, I, my, I get the sense that his attention to detail is, is very, very good. Um, and remember, you're in this competition not with other teams but with yourself. Uh, and, and, you know, th- there's probably going to be some selection issues that come up as far as Warriors 17. So, you know what it's like, Kempi. There's always competition within a group, let alone with, you know, the teams you come up against. And if you're a Warriors player and you're a fringe player and, and there's an opportunity to go and play in the semifinals and, and finish top four, you know, they're the big games that you're really keen to play in. So I don't see the soft draw as being an issue. In fact, I think it can work in their favour. And, you know, confidence, I know Sammy doesn't have it, but if the Warriors <laughs> can build it and, and, and continue to build it leading into the semi, Like, you know, there, there is a, a part of me that says, if that first week of the semifinals is against the Broncos at Suncorp and there's 50,000 people there and 30,000 are supporting the Broncos and 20,000 are there to support the Warriors in a final, I could see them winning that game. Yeah, so can I. I. Yeah, I said can. I can is in my vernacular, boys. Okay, it's just I've he's, never said can. The boat I've is slowly swinging here, Jimmy. So, Jimmy, when it comes to finals football, and I'm talking the whole finals, week one all the way through to grand final, what what's the difference maker for the top teams? Because you know, looking through the schedule this year, um, if you looked at the four or the five premiership favourites in the in the in the form of Melbourne, uh, Penrith, Brisbane, Melbourne, probably Souths and the Warriors. The Warriors haven't been in any of those other four teams this year. They've lost to all four. When it comes to finals, what is what's the difference maker between teams that go on and teams that go out? 
Well, well, Kempi might know this better than I, but I, I look at key position players with a great deal of experience, either at grand finals or or representative games. So if you, you start going through the sides there, then uh, aside from the hooker and the fullback at Penrith, then it's tick, tick. And I'll include the lock forward as well. Isaiah Yo, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary. Then you go to the Broncos, Adam Reynolds. Ezra Mam, no. Billy Walters, no. Reese Walsh, yes. So you've got two out of the four there. The Warriors, Sean Johnson, yes. Uh, and then Wade Egan, no. Chance, uh, chance, chance, chance to a degree. Um, but Torhu Harris, I would add in that. But here's, here's the outlier for all of this. Think about the Melbourne Storm mm. and think about Ryan Pappenhausen back into that side. Yeah. So then your spine looks like Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes, Grant, it doesn't get any better. No, you're dead right, Jimmy. That's a fantastic, uh, I guess, analysis of what the, what we've got coming up. I like the Storm. I think they're real smoky coming in this last month. But I won't be like Sammy making a call out four weeks out from uh, the final start. Hey, Jimmy, I want to ask you a question. I had this on the breakfast this morning talking about Payne Haas. And I said that the Australian Rugby Union will throw their hat in the ring in and around trying to get him contracted to them. Um, and it looks like he's gone to the open market. But where do you sit with the CBA and, and, and contract negotiations like this being um, done this time of year going into a final series? Because there's so many grey areas in that CBA. Where are we at with that? Because that needs to be sorted out. Uh, meeting today. So meeting today between the NRL and the Rugby League Players Association. Um, you know, Peter Volandis has now gone on the record and said he could sort it out in a day. Um, Clint Newton has put his hand up and said, right, well, let's get it done. Whether they've settled on a mediator or not. Um, the, the, the crazy part about it, Kempi, is that the issues that they are working through are not the big issue. The big issues are being decided. What should you get paid? What percentage of revenue? What should the, the girls get paid? Where do we apportion these parts of revenue? Um, basically, it's around, well, we want privacy laws and legal requirements that are mandatory across all employment contracts in Australia, so that's very straightforward or should be. And then the other part, which I think is the real sticking point, and that is around transparency. So how much revenue are you making? If you're in a revenue sharing agreement, how do you expect the person who you're in that agreement with to accept something that doesn't show, doesn't have full transparency about how much revenue you're actually making? That's, That's the concern of the Rugby League Players Association. I spoke at length with Clint Newton yesterday, just um, off air, um, just hearing his concerns around things. It's all very straightforward. They just need to get into that room and sort it out. And then you can start having clearer understandings about what what the future holds for someone like a Payne Haas, where there's going to be interest, whether inside of rugby league or outside of it. And we know there's going to be significant interest. And what the Brisbane Broncos and anyone else can do to hang on to Payne Haas in rugby league. Yeah, it- the, the, the part of this that really sort of is a sticking point with me is it seems to be, I, I get that they're 95% of the way there, but it seems to be that some of the, the, the key areas that need to be looked at, I'm talking about pre and post career, and also the way that these players are being managed these days, they've sort of gone by the wayside in all this conversation. Is there being talk about... You know, for me, around player management, for instance, and the way that you can pick up a, an accredited agency, that being um, policed better so that we don't have all of this issue that we're having in the game at the moment with them? Well, I think that's a that's separate to the collective bargaining agreement, but I, I think it's an area that does need 
some inspection. Um, you know, people basically, if you pay your money, Kempi, you can be a rugby league manager. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, which leads to an openness of the market. So there's the positives associated with that, but it then also leads to a lack of skill associated with those people who do do manage some of these high profile players. And you've got to remember, it's the low profile players as well too. The guys who get one, maybe two contracts within the NRL that have to do the best for themselves for those two contracts before they're, you know, for want of a better term, they're spat out of the system because, remember, it's professional sport and it's pretty cutthroat. Um, they, they need to maximise what they can get and, and you just hope and remember, hope's not a strategy. You just hope that their manager is doing the best for them. Mm, yeah, no, very interesting. And it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out before the uh, before the season wraps up. Jimmy, just uh, finally a couple of quick ones to finish, uh, maybe on the Warriors. Who do you see as the real key for them heading into the uh, ending into the final four games and into the finals? And if we can just park Sean Johnson, because I think that's a, a very common one. Who's somebody else that you think is sort of the key for the Warriors moving into the, into the finals? All right, I'll identify three players then. Beautiful. Um, I think Wade Egan's form this year has been career best. Would you compare? Um, who would you compare Wade Egan to? Just quickly, Jimmy. Oh, I got a I got an interesting look from Corey Parker about four or five years ago when I was calling an under twenties game at Penrith, and Wade Egan scored four tries, all of them different, all of them showcasing the skills that he had, and I made a comparison to Cameron Smith. Oh, so, hang uh, on, hang on, he hasn't finished. Okay, so I'll I'll go with um, uh, most. Look, he's not Cameron Smith, and no one was, right? So he's the greatest of all. <laughs> there five. you go. Um, but but the way he engages markers, you have a look at what the way he engages markers, and you know, Adam Fanua Blake is fantastic at getting over the advantage line. He's really helped by what Wade Egan does with the markers, which is a classic Cameron Smith ploy. Harry Grant does it very well, also. The other one who I think is really important is Torhu Harris. So a yeah. lot of stuff with teams now come off their 13. Torhu does it better than most. And I just wonder how Staffy's going with that petition for Michael <laughs> McGuire to get him to play for yep. the Kiwis. Gathering momentum. Uh, and then the, the third but not the final player, I think Dylan Walker off the mm. bench has been incredible. And and he plays a he plays a 13-type role. He plays a middle forward-type role. And he's got hasn't quite got the speed of his time in a centre, but can really create in attack as well. So I see him, like he's he's a different number 14 to what we've seen in the National Rugby League, but he's no less effective than the very best of them. So I think he's going to be a key part of this Warriors side moving forward as well. Yeah, I think you've named the 13 and 14 in the NRL team of the year. Hey, Jimmy, just be quickly before we let you go, state of origin, does it come to Auckland? <sighs> it should, but it probably won't, Kempi. Yeah. You know, I... I, I, and, and Staffy and Sammy have told me, you know, I'm interested. Oh, what's the appetite like? And they're adamant. You put it on at 10 o'clock, maybe the residents around Eden Park wouldn't be so happy, but you put it on at 10 o'clock at night and you'd still get a sellout crowd because you guys are used to watching it at that time. I, I think 9 o'clock, you know, 7 o'clock into the east coast of Australia would be fabulous, but the networks probably won't do that. And if the networks don't want to do it, Kempi, we know. it ain't going to happen. I thought um, I thought there was talk about it being a Sunday afternoon game, Jimmy, so it would more be like maybe a 2 o'clock over in Australia, 4 o'clock here, so it's before no chance. all the networks hit. Well, we, we've just gone away from doing a, a Sunday state of origin, so that would then be a change completely with the schedule. Mm. It, as I say, it should happen, but unfortunately I think it won't. 
All right, Jimmy. Uh, we will uh, we will let you go, mate. And uh, just just quickly before we do finish, not can will the Warriors win the premiership in twenty twenty three? No. So, <laughs> hey, you know what? He's a you know what, Jimmy? He's been waiting for someone to agree with him all week. Good <laughs> on good on you, Jimmy. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, lads. There you go, Jimmy Smith, uh, joining us here on Running It Straight. Uh, Kempi, the Warriors going to win in twenty twenty three. I'll let you know in a month. I've told you so that about half fence, a dozen times. So you're no, sitting on the fence, No, are you? I just don't make, um, like, I don't throw my sprat line out like so, you do so in you're the sitting on the, But that is the, no, I'm the definition big, of sitting I'm on sitting the fence. A, I'm sitting in a big launch heading out to the open water and there's about 17 teams on it. So I'm just waiting until uh, a month's time when the Who do you think is going to win the Rugby pick? World Cup? Uh, no, no, no. At the no, moment? You're not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say. At the no, moment? You're not allowed to pick it if this far out. I got, I got no you're idea. You're not allowed to pick it out this of, far out, mate. Out Come of on. maybe France, Ireland and the All Blacks, I think. They should seriously change off the back fence to on the fence no, in you, the morning. What you need to do is you need to let it go. <laughs> you, threw, like, you threw it out, you got to own it. <laughs>